Fair enough, sir. I listen to better music than you. I know that for a fact. You know, you're not talking Peter, to Peter. Peter is... When what? Peter is the biggest I'm not talking to you when what? When it comes to music choices. What? Peter Bro, is the biggest music you snob think I've you ever met. You could go bar for bar with me. Oh, my gosh. You're nuts. Bro, See, now he's on smoke. You're nuts. You're nuts. Bro, you There's no it. way you can go bar for bar with me on music, ever. Never in your life, bro. This is the intro. What's going on, world? Welcome to episode 29 of the Rhymes Like Dines podcast. With your boys, Peter. Yo. Mohammed. Going on. And myself, Yemi. It's another episode, another day, lads. How we doing? Yeah, man, we're all good, man. Just, you know, here on lockdown, innit, man? Just here chilling. Yeah, yeah man, that's all, that's all I can do. I mean, you ain't working, man. You're at home. I'm working He's actually home. St- he started working now. Oh, you're working from home? Yeah, I'm working from home now, man. Oh, okay. How's that going? It's work, innit, man? This guy, I'm not a fan of it, but it's got to pay rent, innit? So it's better than, like, having random people come up to you asking for stupid rates and stuff. No, you're right. It's actually very calm because now people know exactly what they want when they chat to them. So mm-hmm. it's like, it works, innit? So mm-hmm. I've got a feeling, though, by the second, first week of June, I'm back at work. Boy, I don't envy you, bro. What'd you say? Oh, that's, the, that's EE's plan. Yeah, so first or second week of by June, we're going to be back at work. So it is what it is. I've got a feeling it's going to be dead for the first, until August, September. I doubt we're going to have customers in the store anyway, so... Mm. It's like chilling, man. Yeah, because who's trying to walk outside? Unless actually, you know what? Some people are, but let me not get started. Coronavirus. Hey, man. For real. <laughs> Shout out to Cardi. Peter, what are you saying? I'm here, man. Just, bro, I, I don't even know. Like, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to like keep doing what I'm doing. My routine is just a bit mundane, isn't it? I wake up, I go for a run, I come back, I might have a little afternoon nap if I'm feeling a little bit frisky. Might read a book and then on Netflix, like there's only so much I could do. I'm trying to learn Yoruba, mm. but that's not going very well. <laughs> oh, bro, um, I can imagine it's hard. Yeah, it's just keeping up with it, man. When I can just be doing nothing, like just Netflixing, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to choose to study, you know. But apart from that, things are okay, man. Just taking it day by day, you know. I feel you, man. I feel you, man. Only you would be so brazen as to put nap and frisky in the same sentence. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> we moved on. We moved. Right. Listen, man, I'm chilling, man. I'm just here. You know what I mean, work is work. Um, life is life. Pretty much the same, really. Not really much to report. We're just locking down, man. Locking down on lockdown. Trust. That's all we can do, man. That's it, man. That's it. But obviously, we got some content to feed to the masses. So uh, come on. Yeah, man, 100%. So let's get on with it. So um, obviously, shout out to everybody listening. Let's move on to the first topic. So basically, I want to talk about, or we want to talk about the nice. South. The South. The South Coast. The Dirty South. The Dirty South. Is there another word? Are there other names for the South? I don't think so. The Dirty South. Um, arguably, arguably, the most uh, dominant coast 
in hip hop. I mean, without a doubt, right now, but arguably of all time. You know, obviously they've been on a run. Well, probably since like the nineties, really. But as far as like their dominance comes in, you're probably looking at like the late two thousands, early twenty tens, to where they become like a real fixture in the mainstream, anyway. You know, from all parts of the South, not just Atlanta. Although Atlanta is like a massive part of that. So obviously it's been very dominant. It's, it's, it's blew up the charts, it's blew up the, the radios, blown up strip clubs, blowing up everything in between. What we want to discuss today is how long can this run go on for? And is the South run the most dominant in hip hop history? Um, I mean, where to you, man, where does the run start? Um, their run of dominance. Yeah, run, of, run, run of dominance. Run of dominance. Uh, huh. I would I say 2008, 2009 is when they really started to change the sound and change the way everyone else raps. And that's when I would say everyone else kind of fell back somewhat. So I'll say around late 2000s, early 2010s. So about 08, 09, 2010. Mm. Is there a particular artist? that you thought, or artists that thought that you thought were? Um, only people I can really think of back then that kind of really created something and it kind of went crazy was, do you remember the start of when Waka Flocka started coming out, the Gucci started coming out? That's when I will credit it that it started a whole new wave and then from there obviously mm. went back on the futures and everything else which we'll get into later. Mm. But I would say early Wackers and the Gucci mains is when it's really started to raise considerably. Yeah, I'd probably say the same thing. Jeezy was out a little bit before then, T.I. was out way before then. That's why I wouldn't include them. Yeah, I'd probably say when they became like a fixture, like a real fixture as far as like dominance on the airwaves and stuff like that, it's probably around that time. Waka Flocka, Gucci Mane. I remember when he dropped, was it Flocka Veli? That was a big, that was a big moment for the South, even though I'd never heard of him up until that point. But you could tell, maybe he wasn't like a chosen like prodigal son or anything, but he was like a major fixture. You knew that the tide was turning, sort of thing. Okay. Um, was there a lag there? Are you man of frozen, or are you waiting for me? I was waiting for you. you. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, my bad. What you say? Uh, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was in my own words. So. Um, I think I think it's important to go back a bit. I think um, I think I think it's important to kind of look at how the South was viewed before we look at, I guess where they really started to like run shit um and like from what i remember or from what i've like studied and shit i think we might have to go back to like early 90s or maybe like late 80s with like two live crew and and i'm, I'm talking about the, the southern sound that we know today because i think when a lot of people think about music from the south they think of music that you can dance to, music that's, and no disrespect, kind of simple um, and quite catchy. And I think the South doing that type of music started like with Two Live Crew, Criss Cross, and a lot of that sound of music. Obviously you had, so that's like one type of Southern music. And then you have Ghetto Boys and Scarface, which were more storytelling and you know, street orientated music and like rapping. Scarface was really rapping. And then you also have to give credit to um, 
the UGK, just as far as like helping establish the South's sound or a certain type of Southern sound. Your Outcast as well. I'll be remiss without mentioning Outcast, and Rich will probably punch me in my head. <laughs> um, um, and then you've got like Eight Ball and MJ, MJG. So I feel like there were so many different types of Southern music, but I think it's interesting to see where it ended up going. Because even with just the artists I've just named, they're all quite different. Do you know what I mean? But I think because of the way the East Coast music was, I think Southern music was only looked at in a particular way because it wasn't as lyric-driven as, say, the East. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, for want of a better word, the New York rappers were probably a little bit snobbish towards the South. They probably turned their noses at it because... It was more so party music than anything else, like the Two Live Crews, the Lukes, the bassy music. Um, yeah. uh, but obviously, when you scratch beneath the surface, you did have the Ghetto Boys, the Scarfaces, the Outcasts, you know, the whole Dungeon family, basically, anyway. So I think for context, you definitely do need to go back to that period of like the late 80s, early 90s, it's kind of the paving the way. I think throughout the 90s, it was still. Maybe a little niche, probably because New York was still dominating, LA was dominating, or the West Coast anyway. So we weren't looking at the South as this like beacon for music. Probably because we had our prejudices about how simple the music was, how you know, not as sophisticated as rapping-wise as the other coasts. So in order to look at how dominant they've been from like the late two thousands onwards you do have to look back and see the people that laid the groundwork, the people you've mentioned. I think it becomes a dominant run. I mean, obviously there's a run. The South Coast has a run. But it becomes dominant probably after all of that but stuff. you know what? You, you say they had a run. I don't think what, what Outkast was doing, what, what UGK was doing, I don't know if that counts as a run. I feel like they were, they were, they were single acts releasing music from a particular region. But I don't know if that you can attribute. I don't. I don't know if I'll count count that as a southern run, because I feel like when Outkast were popping, they might have been the only artists from the south really, really popping. Um, and I don't. I think you need more than that to have a run. Yeah, I mean, I think as far as like consistency goes, they were probably the most popping. Um, you know, Get a Boys up until they broke up. Um, you know, Goody Mob had their time. Their first album was probably like the most important for them. I see what you mean about the run, but I guess it all goes back to Andre saying the South's got something to say. So that kind of suggests that, you know, while all you other coasts are doing whatever, you know, we are still about the music and about the rap over here. So I guess maybe indirectly you can say that that was the start of an acknowledged run, can you say, or period to where the South became more popular or more noticeable, which, you know, is important when establishing how they would later become as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously you've got to account for, you know, the New York scene and the East Coast kind of just falling off towards, you know, like the early to mid 2000s, you know, LA, Canada, same as well. So I guess there was that gap there for the South to just really take, take the ball by the horns and just like go forth and, do, bit, do bits, really? Um, yes and no. I think, I think the West Coast made it so 
the South could definitely thrive because the West Coast weren't really making music like the East Coast. Um, it was a lot more, and I don't want this term to be taken as disrespect, but it was a lot more simple. There was a lot more emphasis on like gangster, G-Funk. It wasn't yeah. so much about barring like crazy, like lyrical barring and, and crazy boom baps, I don't, I don't feel like from the West. Um, so I feel like what the West were doing and although they definitely had a lot of acts that were lyric driven and stuff like that, but I think the sound, the overall, when you think of West Coast, I think you, I think you think more about like gangster rap, talking about trapping as far as um, a little bit more of a simpler sound, a little bit more catchy. So I, I do think the West kind of helped the South in a sense. Yeah. And obviously musically, they couldn't be more different. If we're talking about just subgenre-wise, the South is probably the most, it's got the most variety out of all the coasts. I see what you mean about just the actual, like, the bare bones of, like, the content. But obviously they were doing different things. So I don't know if there's any direct link there, but, you know, the fact that the West and the East both had their day and kind of left a void, and obviously the South was still bubbling, like, at the time when the East and the West kind of were simmering down, you had people like T.I. coming out, like, you know, people like that who were, you know, who would grow up to be big voices in, in hip-hop. I think it may have come at the right time, context-wise, for the other coast to kind of fall back and the South to kind of do its thing. When do you think um, the East Coast fell off? Um, I think directly... I think their last big star... Well, not their last big star, because they've had stars since, but I think... When 50 Cent's run finished is when I attribute the South starting to really rise up. Because I feel like at the end of 50 Cent's run, I would say New York started to fall off a little bit. Because mm. I feel like up until 50 Cent, they have had, there was always a prominent artist, prominent artist, prominent artist. But once 50 Cent kind of left, I think their voice was maybe Nicki Minaj or whoever. And that's when I kind of attribute New York not being the pinnacle of what we remember New York being. Mm. And then from when that happened, New York and then the South took its voice. I feel like now New York, there's some few artists I've got a sound, but then that's when New York also started rapping differently mm. and everything. They've got a few artists which still keep to their core. But if you listen to New York rappers post 2010, you can't tell the difference between them and a rapper from the South. Yeah, they're definitely an influencer. Yeah, but also, do you think New York's, there's a, can you think of a rapper right now that's still got the core New York sound? That's, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's popping. Yeah. I mean, I suppose it depends on what you mean by popping. Are they mainstream? Because I can think of like Joey Badass. Mainstream, mainstream. Oh, um, no. That probably isn't one. If we're talking about just like the boom bap, the kind of the same rapping style that they had at their peak in the nineties, and no, there isn't anyone really. But there's, out there's there. rappers that still keep to their essence. Like a Dave East, I'd look at him, and he's a pinnacle New York rapper. But when you look at the New York rappers like Apollo G, who just sold ninety k, you can't. Sp- Apollo G, whole essence is Atlanta. He sounds like a fourth Migo member or just anyone from Atlanta. So I would credit Post Fifty Cent as when New York kind of lost his voice to a certain extent. I don't know when you guys would. No, I'd probably say the same thing. Because um, he kind of like, he kind of scorched the earth around him. And after him, like, New York didn't really have much to offer. 
maybe it was maybe it was a hangover from you know him being so dominant and him and him having such a position. But yeah, I probably credit it the same. As far as West Coast goes, I'd probably say it's a tricky one because obviously the game came through in 05. And before then, you could probably say that he attributed he was a cheese attributed to like a slight comeback in the West Coast. But before then, you could probably say they were kind of off. So I'd probably say it's difficult. Somewhere like late, maybe mid to late 90s. I think 50s run, I think that kind of signaled the end of the East Coast prominence in the mainstream. Not the East Coast prominence full stop, because I think there's a difference. I think the East Coast, to me, never really stopped making better music than the South. It's just what you prefer and what was more popular. Now, mainstream-wise, the South been running it and probably have been the most dominant that we've ever seen and probably will ever see. But as far as the quality of music as a whole, I don't know if I'm going to give that to the South. Well, yeah, I mean, it, that's subjective. It goes to your taste, doesn't it? Um, I think I probably agree. I probably agree. But I know I'm biased to the East Coast. But the South, obviously, they, they gave us outcasts. So they've always, they're always going to have like a shoe in the, in, in the fight, so, so to speak. Um, it's, I suppose when we talk about dominance, we're talking about on a mainstream level. Um, and arguably, like, the West Coast might have been right up there with the East Coast as far as mainstream, just for what like, Dr. Dre did, just for what Snoop Dogg did. Um, you know, we can't take that away from them either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I probably agree with you. I probably agree with you. But at the same time, dominance, like, mainstream-wise, dominance in the, in, in the mainstream sense, yeah, you probably would have to give it to um, South. I think New York up until the East Coast became prominent probably around late 80s with NWA by default they were the most dominant and then the West Coast gave them a run for the money and then the West Coast kind of just you know withered away and then you know New York were kind of unchallenged for a bit longer and then 50 Cent came and fuck shit up for everybody Yeah. How much do you attribute to the producers because it feels like a lot of the most prominent producers also come from the South. So it's not a case of just the rappers. Like, a lot of the more hits that you see, it feels like a lot of them are coming from the South, and especially the young ones. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. I think, yeah, I think one good thing that the South has is the diversity of of the sounds, and that comes from the producers. Metro Bumin sounds completely different from Organized Noise, sounds completely different from Manny Fresh, and all that. It's that range. So I think, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think with the, with the birth of and the advancement of trap music, that's obviously birthed a lot of like, rappers and producers who, you know, musically are probably a little bit stronger than the other coasts. So I think it's definitely got a lot to do with it. I think when we're talking about the South, for the most part, we're talking about the sound. And the sound has become what has been the popping thing. So the producers are definitely important. Like Metro Boomin is like, as far as the new producers goes, you can't, you probably couldn't find a better one. Mm. And Tay Keith is a great one. I've really enjoyed his production. Is he from the South? Yeah, he's from Memphis. So I think Memphis does count. Oh, I see. Yeah, Tay Keith is dope too. Yeah, so Memphis does count the South. It's not a coincidence that South has become dominant while the slew of producers coming through have been making great music, subjectively. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Even if trap is the same kind of like 808s and same kind of beat structures and stuff like that, it's like, it's a great environment for the people like 21 Savage, Future, and people like that to really 
come into their own. Mm. And, you know, they've given us hits to last a lifetime. Yeah. Um, for me, I think the run starts probably around the time, I think when Little John was coming through. I think it was like mid-2000s, if I remember correctly. And like, it's easier for me to reflect on because I, I really lived through it. It's funny because a lot of like the sounds that I love, um, I was actually too young for. I had to go back a lot. But for like the Southern dominance, I was there in real time, unfortunately. Um, this guy. <laughs> but from what I remember, actually, no, go back a bit. Cash money. When Juvenile um, and then man started really coming through, that was like the first little taste of the South, for me, making prominent music or popular music. And then it kind of went away and then it came back. It came back with Little John's crunk music. And then that he was, he kept doing a few things here and there, no disrespect. Um, and then like Free Six Mafia, when they did Stay Fly. Oh, bang on. After that, I don't remember not hearing summer music so in the, main, but, in the mainstream yeah After so, that, it was rap. so you're saying that the run started around um the hot, boy, like, hot boys no um yeah yeah let's give it that and then it went I on think, i think i think definitively 2005 three six mafia okay so are you saying that the run itself started from around um the hot boys time but the dominance started with Little John. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably say that there was obviously periods in which they were on a run with, you know, um, Hot Boys. Why do you keep forgetting their name? Hot Boys, um, and then stops. Little John stops. And then, you know, obviously T.I. had his had a bit of a time as well in like 05, 06 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and before he, he came back as well. So it's around about the same time anyway. The 2000s is definitely like, Mid to late two thousands, kind of like the, the the start of it, yeah. And it, yeah. And, it, and and people just haven't looked back since. I mean, it's given us some great music. I mean, whether you want to believe it or not, Pete, um, they've definitely given up some great music, given up some great artists and stuff like that as well. So, I say to answer the question, has it been the most dominant run? I think that's very dependent on the environment, the rap, what the rap game looks like compared to when New York was thriving. Obviously now, hip-hop is a billion-dollar industry. It's a worldwide thing. Um, more people are susceptible to hearing it. And I suppose that's worked in the South's favour because they've essentially developed what is the pop in music. Mm. And it's going to reach a lot more people. I'm not exactly. I'm not going to say it's wholly coincidental because obviously Southern rappers and Southern artists have put in their work and continue to. But the fact that hip-hop itself has become globalised and gotten bigger and trap has become the sound, it's helped us out a lot. Would you man count, like, even the one-hit wonders that came out from the South as contributing to their run? Of 100%. Laffy Taffy definitely contributed to the run. Okay. 100%. But then could you argue that... Soldier Boy. Yeah. Yeah, um, Mike Jones, Paul Wall, Chameleon Air, yeah, I, I remember it all. 
with his mobile number. You got to count all of that. But even if you look at, like, say, New York slash Jersey, who was their biggest artist the last five years? Would you say? Well, New York. Yeah. Nicki Minaj. And who found Nicki Minaj? Lil Wayne. Nah. Gucci found Nicki Minaj way back before her. Well, either way, a south a southern rapper found her and yeah. put her like, up to the to the team. And who found Drake? Wasn't it Jay Prince? Jazz Prince. Yeah. Jazz Prince. Yeah, so all roads lead back to the South in that sense. The South are responsible. South. south. Yeah. So like you take away their sound, their music. These they've got a hand in everything that's been prominent the last even to the point, look at London. Even if you you listen to I don't know. P ain't a fan of that. But if you listen to D Rock, who the hell did D Rock sound like? Mm. What yeah, business I'm... do we have sounded like song from Atlanta? Because like, but, but, but let me pose something to you, man. Could you also argue that a lot of southern music is disposable? Because yeah. yes, yes, a lot of hits have come from the South, which has contributed to their dominance. But how many albums can you remember from the South that really were great bodies of works. And I know there have been some, but how many can you remember? I mean, no, all of, all of, yeah, all of Outcast catalogue, um, Ghetto Boys. I'm not, I, I'm not talking about no, Outcast. They're, in, they're in a whole other category. Scarface, UGK, I'm not counting them. I'm Why not? About, because, about the album, last yeah, because they're album artists. They're not Are single artists. Like the last 10, 12 years. Yeah, yeah, of course. The reason why I agree with you is because it's funny because even when we we had our decade show, we've just said South has run the game for the last 10 years. I don't think we had a single South artist in our top five. But that's us though. And whether the whether whether the music is disposable or not, I don't necessarily think that matters because we're talking about the mainstream. We're talking about who's had a dominant run in the mainstream. In the mainstream, singles are what are the most popping things, the most popping indicators of what is popping, of what's, what, what a dominant run is. You know what I mean? So it's a different, it's a, it's a shift in what's important. Maybe back in the 90s and, you know, early 2000s with New York and, and LA and that, the albums were more important. But we live in a singles-driven era. So I don't necessarily think we can put that argument on the South. Because we're operating uh, a different field. I've got a question for you, though. Before you ask that question, though, so, I just want to make this clear. I don't feel like just because the South have been dominant, they've released the best music. No shit. <laughs> You're not going to get the new screamers here, bro. Am I wrong for saying that, though? No, no. I mean, I don't think you are. I don't think you are. I think that, but, but again, that's a personal preference. It's our personal, personal preference. Something that just because it's the mainstream and what everyone likes doesn't mean necessarily it's great music. I feel like it's very digestible music. It's micro music, but I wouldn't say. And it's... and, and not not all of it because I love Ti, I love Ludacris, I love Young Jeezy. Um, so there are southern artists that are definitely album artists, but I'm talking about for the more popular. Yeah, like I wouldn't look at Migos. I think Migos. I want to hear a whole album. That's sleep. why I asked. That's why I asked. Um, could we argue and say that the South produces a lot of the lot of disposable music, regardless well, yeah. of dominance or not? Yeah, I think Gucci Man even showed you the blueprint when he was dropping. How many? What did he drop? Like twelve mixtapes in twelve months or something like that, or something stupid. But my problem with that argument is, if you go to the South and say that to someone from the South, they'll probably try shoot you. 
You know what I'm saying? So it very much depends on who you're asking. If you ask us and people like us, you probably could say, yeah, that's disposable. But you can't say that to someone from the South. Well, maybe not everyone, but I don't think you can go to the South and then tell them that their music is disposable. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people attach a lot of memories and a lot of important shit to the South. So people might see Master P and think of them from the South and might think of of him as their Rakim. It's just dependent on their experience. So I think it's very, it's, I think it's all well and good to, for us to say it's disposable, but f- to them, you know, Two Live Crew was probably like Sugar Hill Gang. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. I, I mean, I'm, and I, I'm, and I, and I, I'm not even calling it disposable. I'm just, I'm just trying to like pose the argument. No, 100%. I, I, I feel you. I just think once we start doing that, it becomes a bit tricky because it seems as if we're trying to dampen on their dominance. Whereas they're just being dominant. But it's, 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 yeah, but it's very valid. It's a valid point. I yeah, think, 100%. Um, I think it's important to look at the different... We're talking about regions. So it's important to look at the regions that dominated before and the music that came out of those areas. And, and, and I guess you've got to weigh it up against what the South are doing now. I, I yeah. There's, there's, there's no way you can't. But I, also I think that's a very rom- but I also think that's a very romantic way of looking at it because you're obviously the music purist of the, of the, of the gang. So, and any music purist is probably going to tell you that the South might not make as good music as any of the other coasts. But I don't think it has anything to do with dominance in the mainstream sense anyway. Mm. I mean, clearly it doesn't because they're still dominant. I mean, these artists who are dominant are releasing albums that are very successful. Does it mean that the albums are good? No, of course not. But, you know, they're releasing projects, they're releasing singles, and it's helping the dominance. So... While I hear you, it's also a thing of like, I don't want to, I don't want to discount or like put an asterisk on their dominance because of a preference of the type of music I enjoy. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, and I would never do that because like, regardless of what you man think, I like a lot of it. I've been, and I've enjoyed it over the years. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, lo- I love Southern music, so I don't want it to make it, I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to shit on them just because I grew up on predominantly East Coast music. But I'm just, I've got to pose the argument because I do feel like, although there were bare hits that came from the South, I, I don't remember, where are these artists now? Like a lot of them don't really have catalogs for me to fall back on. And I'm not, that's not to take away from what the South have done because what they've done is we've never seen before. It's amazing. And there's a talent for making effective yet simple music. There's, there's a huge talent for that. But, I'm an album person, so that's always going to be my argument. I, I don't care too tough about singles. I feel you. And I feel like, and I do feel like a lot of, and I do feel like a lot of, um, that's going to sound dumb, but a lot of um, the South's run has been on the back of a lot of one-hit wonders. I don't think that's fair. Okay, cool. Tell, well, tell me how you I don't think that's fair because we have to count all the legends that have come out of the South. Or if we're just going to talk about Nowadays, if we're going to talk about Migos, if we're going to talk about Future, if we're going to talk about 21 Savage, they're building the dominance of the South. They are not one-hit wonders. I think when talking about Laffy Taffy, when we're talking about, you know, Get Low, um, you know, Little John had a run. However, for, how, for however brief it was, even if it wasn't an album, he had a run not just with his own stuff, but with other people's stuff as well. So that's important. I think... Having one hit wonders is kind of like a balance as well. 
right? If you're going to have people who have consistent singles, great bodies of work, you're going to have one-hit wonders as well. Like, it might hit, and then afterwards, nothing else will. But indirectly, that will help because look at what's going on in the South. This amazing song that's like reached a million people has gone number one for 37 weeks and stuff like that. Like it helps. So let me. Uh, I, I want to give some context though. You have to bear in mind that when I was when we were growing up and the South really really started to pop, a lot of them popped off of like one hit wonders. So I'm not disputing the facts that the South is more than one hit wonders. Of course not, man. Like. I know you, like, I listen to UGK like nonstop. I love Project Pat. Like, I love a lot of these men. But that's where my argument comes from. If, like, what I saw to be the start of their real dominance was on the back of a lot of one hit wonders, why would I not feel that way? And then you also got to, like, preface it with a lot of the artists, the Southern artists that are dominant today, they don't make necessarily great albums. So it's difficult for me to look at it any That's other way. Way. I also think that doesn't matter because albums don't equate to a dominant run. I think singles. I do. think I, well, I think they should. Well, they, because when we look I, when we look at then and that's also not fair because when we look at East Coast dominance, it's not because of singles. It's because of all the the, the classic albums that paved the way for hip hop full stop. So why don't we like put that same. Energy. I don't know. Yeah, the same sort of energy on the South as well. I would argue that times have changed. I think I the shift, the, the focus has shifted from album to singles. If we're just talking about dominance on a mainstream level, and that's how I'm defining their dominant run. I'm defining it as how dominant they've been on a mainstream level as far as charting, as far as radio, all that stuff. In an ideal world, I would be the same with you, Pete. I'll be right there with you in purest land. I'd be right there with you. But, <laughs> but when, that's not the way it works. I don't think albums, albums don't have much of credence as they did. To us, they do, but I don't think they have as much credence as they did before. Like, when I see a Drake, I don't think Drake makes good, good albums. But we can't argue that he's the biggest mainstream rapper in the last decade. But when I look at him, I don't think he knows how to, I can't see, I have never can't say he makes a good album. So I feel like an album doesn't hold as much weight as it did when we was growing up. When we was growing so, up so, so albums are no longer important? Essentially, they're important to of us. Of course, they're important. They're important to people like us. No, that's not important. Purists, but I feel like to today's generation, I don't think today's generation care about albums as much. They're still important, but it's the same thing I've always said about people like Kojo Funds, Young Bane, people like that who were only were only dropping singles and not projects because we live in a time now where you earn more from big singles than you would from albums. So that has affected strategy as far as music goes if albums sold as much as singles did these guys would be dropping a lot more albums i'd probably say and albums are still important i mean future future dropped like two albums in like 2017 within like a week of each other and they both went number one so it's still like they're still important but mm-hmm. i'm not sure if they have the same significance as a popping single in the context of instant gratification of you know, short-term attention spans and stuff like that. So that's why I said originally that it's coincidental that the South has risen mm. in this context. Mm-hmm. So, Can but, you see stopping anytime soon? Uh, no, I can't because there's just too much going on over there. There's just too much see, going on. I can't see. Even their record label seems to be the most popular record label right now, QC. It's actually crazy. 
Like they've got the producers, they've got the artists, and now it just seems like they're grabbing the hottest people by the bolo. That Cardi B, who's been New York's biggest one, is signed to a Atlanta record label. I think he's from Atlanta. I'm pretty sure he is. QC, but like, it's crazy. I can't see it finishing anytime soon. I can't. No, um, it's just too much going on over there. There's too many new artists doing their thing, and I think now. They're, you're seeing a lot more diversity. Now, while you have the little babies and you have the gunners and stuff like that, you also have the jids as well. He might not necessarily be classed as an, an, a southern rapper, but he is from the south, and I think he carries on that legacy just for, just for being from the south. So you're going to see a lot more diversity with it. But as far as, like, dominance, they're here to I stay. Can't, I can't see them being lit up anytime, any, anytime soon. Something dramatic would have to happen for someone like... Maybe if history repeats itself, someone is, someone who gets as big as 50 Cent just dominates everything and, you know, kind of scorches everyone around him in the South to where there's no one left and they got to build again, like New Yorkers had to. Yeah. But I don't see that happening because in Atlanta alone, they're, it's like a flipping factory over there. They're just producing rap, superstar after superstar after superstar. And the problem New York's got, they sound like they're from the, from the TJs to the Polo Gs. I can't tell the difference between them and another rapper. And Apollo G is someone who just sold. He just sold a thinking on 90k his first week, which is great. But that's crazy. When you yeah, he's 90k is a lot in today's generation. But like, when you hear him, who's a young artist from New York, he does sound like a down south rapper. Like he raps to the melodies to everything. He sounds like he's from Atlanta. And it's and that's funny because it's funny you say that because while because he does that, you can tell he's influenced from the south. And that's another reason why they're going to be here for a little bit longer. Because if rappers from other coasts are sounding like them, then that's an extension of how dominant the run has been. Because they're influencing the whole culture. Well, I think we're looking at another... Might be another decade. Yeah, I won't, I won't put a time on it. But because of the, the climate of um, the music industry, I can't really see it ending anytime soon as well. I think... I think it's purely because the South are just making better mainstream music than anywhere else, um, which is probably going to continue. Um, I still feel like New York is still trying to catch up um, and they're not as well-rounded as the South, which is probably what the issue is, mainstream, mainstream-wise anyway. So yeah, the South will probably continue to dominate. Um, and I don't know what that means for hip-hop in general. I think it means that we just continue as, as it is, really. I mean, there's always going to be... Yeah, I don't think it's going to change too much. I think there's still going to be st- stuff for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people enjoy that South music. Like, what do we and listen I do, to? I do too. Yeah, what do we listen to when we're trying to turn up? We ain't trying to listen yeah, to fucking... When we, when we go out, I'm not trying to hear Black Thor. I'm not trying to hear none of that. So I like I mean, I'm not trying to hear Jerry the Damager. <laughs> I don't want to go Atlanta. So that says speaks in itself. That's I think if you music scene, like yeah, Jerry, exactly. Yo, know, and that's one of the reasons why their pool is crazy. When you see, and I feel like they've got more of a unit. I can't speak for it because obviously I'm not from New York, but it just seems in Atlanta they collectively support each other more mm. than other regions in America. Mm. Yeah, it and does. that breed, yeah, and that breeds creativity. Like it just seems like Young Fuck. Like Young Fuck gave I don't know how much you guys know. Young Fuck gave money to Gunner to stay off the streets before Gunner was like he was nobody. Young Fuck, got, Young Fuck was like, here, here's some money. 
stay off the streets, stay in the studio. And he done the same with, it was either the little baby or dead baby. I know, it was probably little baby that he gave money to and was like, stay off the streets. Waka Flocka and Gucci, like, it just seems, even though they got problems, like, it just seems like there's more of a unity with Atlanta, especially in the raw, with other regions. Yeah, I'd probably say so too. I'd probably say so too. They're all from that, that kind of camp. Well, in Atlanta anyway. Um, and, you know, that will always continue. And like I say, they're probably going to breed a lot more successful rappers as well. So I don't see it, come, I don't see it ending anytime soon. But also you've got to shout out people from the South who, you know, are lyrical and bringing, giving that flavour. The Baby, Rhapsody, people like that. So, you know, there's going to be something for everybody. It's important to say that the South is more than just one type of sound as well. Yeah. That's very important. 100%. Yeah, 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 100%. 100%. Like, 100%. 100%. Because, you know, I don't know how we've come across, but um, no, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of range in the South. Some of which, like, probably a lot of people won't even know or have heard of. I'm saying. So obviously we know about, like, the babies and rhapsodies and that, but I'm sure there's, there's loads of people like that. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, because, like, one of my favourite artists, Big Crip from the South, he's amazing. Yellow Wolf is from the South. You might not like him, but he's cool. He's, he's racist. Um, what did you oh. say? Jay Electronica is from the South. Did you say, you know what I mean? I said Yellow Wolf. Jay Electronica, did you say, Peter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A big crit. Body J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar in one song. Boy, there you go. Did, did ASAP, indeed. ASAP Rocky's whole sound came up off the South, so. Yeah. Goes, they, hey, listen. They deserve everything they're getting right now. Hey, listen, Drake is half from like Tennessee, isn't he? Drake's from everywhere. His dad's from like Memphis. Drake's from Drake's from everywhere. Drake's Lond- from London, from Spain, from Portugal, from wherever Jamaica. you hear music from, bro. He's what here. How important? How important is future? I think I was watching a video um, on Hip Hop D- DX earlier today, and I think he's very important. He's is very he important for this generation. Uh, for mumble rap, for, yes. Yeah, for better or for worse, is he a pioneer? For mumble rap, yes. Without him, I don't think we have it. Really? Children, yeah. Future got for better or for worse, Peter. I know. For you don't think it started? I think it started way back. For mumble rap, yeah. I think old dirty bastard started mumble rap. Expound. I think there's like a couple. I think Buster Rhymes did a bit too flowing. I think old dirty bastard did the same. I think they set the tone for it. If we really want to be real, yeah, but you can. Someone can set the tone, and then someone. Can I'm, not, I'm not giving it to them, but that's just me. But better for us, Future's got a lot of children. I mean, mumble rap is a, we call it mumble rap because of Future. I'd I'd like to think, and his ilk. So I think, and also he's just like after a few artists, he's been like one of the most successful artists in hip hop for the past decade. So he's definitely yeah. very important. Definitely very important. Great. Mixtapes, dirty sprite stuff. He's got a couple of great stuff. Uh, tapes. People, yeah, man. People forget he comes from the dungeon family. He's got a couple of great tapes, bro. Like he's got a lot of children. Literally, I forget to me. Yeah, he's one hundred percent. He's he's one hundred percent very important. I think if you're gonna put a Mount Rushmore of like the South's dominant run, he's up there. He's up, he's there for sure. Mount Rushmore for the South, right? Uh, as far as like their run. Oh, right now. Yeah. Oh, hands down, right now he's there. Yeah, I just thought you meant period. Oh, period. Uh, I couldn't comment, but um, for now, 100%. Him, yeah. Young Thug, um, Migos. Migos, and boy, probably Wayne. 
Probably Wayne, definitely Wayne. Definitely Wayne. Definitely Wayne. Alright. So yeah. So the South is here to stay. That's all I've got to say. That's See what I did there? See what I did there? To be honest, that's how I ended the decade show. So I kind of deserve ratings for that. Is that how you ended it? Yeah, it did. Nah, that's one of my points. The South had something to say. No, I said, I said, I said the South is here to stay. Oh, oh, okay. Go on. Thank you. I know you, you rap better than Cortez, that trash battle rapper. Who's Cortez? Where did Cortez come from? <laughs> I was watching his battle earlier. <laughs> I was watching his battle earlier. That's all it is. Sorry, guys. <laughs> shout, shout out to Cortez. Shout out to that man. Shout out to Cortez, man. Shout out to that man. Shout out to that man. Hope he's well. Anyway, let's move on to the next topic. So, following on from the South conversation, kind of want to talk about um, the pioneers of hip hop. Now, um, oh, this is Peter's bag right here. This, why this, is this my bag? This is Peter's bag why, right why here. Why is this my bag? Because you're the old head. <laughs> True. He grew. He grew up with a lot of these people. Um, here we go. Step away from a bean pie to bow tie. Trust me, man. On the block, I've never even had a, I've never even had a bean pie, man. He was, <laughs> listen, that's man. That's the maddest thing. You were definitely talking about the mathematics with, with Rakim Allah. You definitely were. Bad oh, from this guy lost a bricks with Jay Z and lived I'm to tell you, the tale. I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you, man, rock. You lived to tell the tale as well. It's, it's about time I'm on, the, I'm on the receiving end, so go ahead. 100%. Hold that for his name, from. Listen, man, he was in the Hawaiian Sophie video with Jazzo. Cuz, I'm telling you, Peter's been places, you know. We just don't know it, cuz. Bro. Where have I been? You've been everywhere, bro. Hawaii. You was in, you was in New York circa 93. Yeah, circa man. 93. You, were de- you, were in, you were definitely, I saw you in the cream video shoot. I saw you. Raekwon and them, man. Yeah, Raekwon and them, man, talking about, you know. Yeah, you're definitely breaking down the mathematics with ghosts in them. Salute to you, though, bro. It's not bad being an old head. I embrace it, man. I feel you. But anyway, obviously, the pioneers of any genre are very, very important as far as establishing the genre itself. And with hip-hop, we kind of have this tendency of, especially with the young generation, kind of going head-to-head with the, uh, with the pioneers as far as... Um, what hip shop, hip what hip hop should be, what hip hop should represent, what it should sound like. So I guess what I want to know is, do our pioneers deserve more respect in hip hop generally? Um, it goes both ways, don't it? To me, the short answer would be yes, they deserve more respect. The long answer would be, does the pioneers respect the younger artists? Because mm. the sport we're in, when we talk about hip hop, it's a competitive sport. We're competitive by, I say we like I'm a rapper, but you know what I mean. It's competitive by nature. So you bark at me, I'm going to bark back. So if the pioneers aren't giving respect to the younger audience, every right to be like, fuck you, man. Mm. 100%. Like, yo, you're not seeing us. You, you can't, whether we disagree or not, I feel like. It goes both ways. I don't feel like the younger generation, and Pete's gonna show you why later on. <laughs> they don't get Yo, no, I'm a punch in your face, son. Yeah, that was smooth. That was that was smooth. That was smooth. That was, that was good. That was good. That, yeah, was, that was smooth. I let you know rock on, but I just feel like it goes both ways. I feel like the younger generation you need to have their respect. You gotta give respect to get respect. I agree one hundred percent. I, I'm with you 100%. I think in the grand scheme of things, of course, pioneers need more respect. 
um, they're the reason why we're here. They're people like Rakim, LL Cool J, um, Big Daddy Kane, Cool G Rap, Run DMC. They're the reason why we're all here. They definitely deserve more respect. But it does go both ways. When you are shitting on a younger um, counterpart of yours for no reason other than your warped sense of what hip-hop should be, then you're a dickhead. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. I'm laughing because this guy's talking about someone I know. <laughs> Bro, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking know, to anyone. I, I know who you're thinking about. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> who am I thinking about? I'm not saying no names. Don't worry, who am I thinking about? Snips. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about Snips. Oh, fuck, that, fuck that nigga, though. Um, yeah, fuck that nigga. I was thinking more about Ice-T. I was thinking about when Ice-T shitted on Soldier Boy. Because I was watching another video on Hip Hop DX today. And when he told Soldier Boy, who was 16 at the time, to eat a dick. And that um, he single-handedly killed Hip Hop. Now, at the time, Soldier Boy had just released Crank That. No, relax. Um, he had just released Crank That. Obviously, that was a, a smash hit. Um, and Ice T obviously was a bit perturbed and he decided. Did that dance? To... Oh, one hundred percent. What? My, my Superman is amazing, bro. I don't remember that. I can't remember how to do it now, but boy. Yeah, my Superman was amazing. For real? It was. It was. It was lit, man. That was a lit time, man. Yeah, man. I agree. I think it goes. It goes both ways. I think you can't. While I think the pioneers deserve respect, they can't expect it because that's not the how. That's not the way it works. Respect is a two-way street. Like if you want someone yeah. to respect you. You need to respect them and vice versa. So you shouldn't be arrogant or you shouldn't think that because you've done so much for the culture that people are just going to, by default, um, respect you, especially if you're trying to talk to a generation that don't know shit about you. Mm. Um, cool. I, I don't disagree with you, man. Is, is homage the same as respect? Uh, that's a good question. You could pay... Yeah, I'd say so. Well, you think it's the same? I'm asking. No, you can give someone, you can pay homage without giving respect. I can salute I don't think you. So. I can salute you for being a forefather, but I can also say you're a dickhead. Yeah, but you can say that respectfully. Respectfully, you're a dickhead. <laughs> There's no way you can say that respectfully. Ah. Hey, man, listen. I feel I think, you. To me personally, I think you can pay homage with, and also not respect the person. It depends. Because, because my, my, my thing is paying you homage. You know what someone's done, that's why. I don't necessarily care for the respect thing. It's the homage that's very important. Both here, both in the UK and in the US, I feel like that's very important. In the UK specifically, I feel like, I don't know if um, Rodney P and them man are, I don't know if homage has paid enough to them man. And that's probably why, and I'm not saying that they do, but sometimes they, that's maybe why they might come across like they're a bit disgruntled or like they don't respect the younger generation. Can I ask you a question? Go on. Do you think what Rodney P and what the people done Black is more document is documenting it as well as it is in America? Hell no. I mean? Probably not. So then can you blame the kids for if they don't know them? Um yeah, I can blame them. Why? I think whenever you whenever you embark on any journey in any field, you study and you do your history. You you look at I mean, if you're a student of it and you care enough to, you look at the ones that came before. I feel like it's only in like rap from country. The man will go and 
start looking going back and you know paying homage to BB King and them man. You know what I'm saying if you listen to any R&B singer, they've paid like homage or given like a salute to those that have come before. It's only in like rap. Yeah, but it's I agree. Side of it, and I, I, nah, yeah, cool. As I'm, as a person, everybody should respect everybody, but as an old head or an OG in like a music genre, it, I think it's important for you to like know the ones that paved the way before. I no, I I one thousand percent agree with you. I just don't think, and this is gonna sound like a wild generalization. I just don't think the new artists that are coming up have the the attention span or the memory to to want to do their research like that. That's lame, bro. That's I don't lame. think I don't think it's even that. I think it's more so hip hop is a young man's game, predominantly. And in hip hop, it's always dominated by what's new, what's fresh, what's hot. These men are not hot, so why would they? Why would the youngest pay attention when they're trying to do something and push for the next thing themselves? Especially if it's completely far removed from whatever the old heads were doing. So when, when, when that is in play, that's where the pioneers might be a bit disgruntled because, listen, I've paved the way for you. You should at least respect that. And if they come across as if they're not respecting it, then that's a problem. I don't think you can have homage without respect. If you're going to pay someone homage, that, that, surely that means that you respect what they've done. Yeah. I do think that's that's a form of respect. Yeah, hundred percent. Still, I mean, I just maybe I just disagree. I feel like you can pay homage and be like, "I see what you've done," but like saying, "I see a soldier boy." Soldier boy is weird with release rights to say, "Okay, you, I see what you've done, but mm. eat a dick." <laughs> For real. Yeah, but even in that situation there. That was Ice-T just giving his opinion. Why is he wrong for that? Or why was he wrong for that? Yeah, they, but Because he was picking on a child. Why is Soldier Boy... Nah, I don't see it. No, I, don't think, I, I agree with you, Pete. I don't think he was wrong if he gave his opinion. But then is Soldier Boy wrong for him to say, cool, you're a legend, but fuck you? Ain't it the same shit? It's 100% the same shit. I don't think... Like you, don't, you've already... But here's the thing. Ice T has already disrespected Soldier Boy, so why should Soldier Boy then go and try to respect Ice T? Because Ice T made it personal, so all bets are off, really. How did he make it personal? He told him to eat a dick. <laughs> that makes it somewhat. Personal. That's a pers- yeah. That's an invitation to someone's genitalia. That that last line wasn't necessary. Yeah, because when someone says that you even and he said that you single-handedly killed hip hop. How can you not take that personal? You know what it is to kill hip hop, fam. You know what I mean? Hip hop is big, you know? It's quite a big, fam. It's a million dollar shit. Is it far-fetched? Of course it's far-fetched. Soldier way to kill hip hop, right? Soldier way to kill hip hop. Stop it, bro. Let's not even start that now, fam. Oh, he stabbed it. I don't think he killed it. I don't think it killed it. I don't say it killed it. He just poked it. Definitely didn't. What, bored it. You could survive a poke. <laughs> you, could you could definitely survive a poke. You know. But, like, but I, I yeah. don't think so. I don't think so. Do I, yeah. But getting back to the question, do I feel like youngest respect? But also, one thing I want to say. Sorry, Mo. Hip hop is hip hop is instinctually, instinctively like competitive. So we're always 
competing with um, each other, whether that's for like the best album or the new sound and stuff like that. So I think that plays into the respect thing a bit because obviously you've done your thing. I'm trying to do my thing. We're both on completely different lanes and we're trying to essentially maybe achieve the same thing of becoming legends in this thing. So I don't necessarily think that the youngers should feel like they have to like pay homage or respect the the olders, especially if the if if the respect the other side isn't forthcoming. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what them respecting the olders achieves in the grand scheme of things. Because they're still gonna do what they're gonna do. It's just understanding those that came before you, those that might have helped you without you even realizing. I feel like every artist that comes before whomever is popular, um, I think has paved the way in some capacity. There are a lot of artists like Prince, for example. Prince, he went through a lot of bullshit with his label and him being able to kind of cut loose from that label probably helped educate the next generation of artists. So for someone, I know Prince is a crazy example because he's Prince, but I just think it's important to understand those that came before you. Under no, no, circumst- under no circumstances should they be disrespected. Under no circumstances should you not be aware of those that came before you in your genre of music. I just think it's crazy if you don't. No, but, I, agree with you. I just feel like if they disrespect you, you're well within your rights to... But I also think it depends on what your intentions are for being in the game. If you're in it to make a quick buck and like change it... Regardless, man, because we've always had artists in the industry that... But I think that's important. But I think that's important. It's important because that then determines if they're going to actually go back and study the shit. Because if you're only trying to make money and you're not really... You don't really care about the craft of it, then why would you? You're doing what you... Study. I'm just saying be aware. I mean, being aware, studying. No, it's different. It's not the same. It's not the same, bro. I'm aware of a lot. I haven't studied a lot. So, I mean, how, but how do we know that these people, that these youngers aren't aware of the old school? Bro, come on, man. You can, you, you can tell. How can you tell? I think there have been particular artists that have been asked about certain people and they've just been none the wiser. Who was the one that shit on Tupac? On oh, no, I don't even, I wouldn't even use that as an example. I mean, he was low-key right. One of these new rappers anyway. But he what? He was white yeah. and he was, he was low-key right. What did he say? What did he say? He said Puck's music was boring. Yeah, chill out. Chill yeah, out. I'm not accepting it. Yeah, I mean, chill out. Compared to MF Doom. Shut up. Uh, it's coming you from you, Yemi. Be quiet. Um, way more entertaining. But that's just... MF Doom's nope. music's more entertaining two parts. You, uh, I'd say so. I enjoy it more. Opinions, I guess. But it? it's opinions at the end of the day. Even if they don't know... Even if they're not aware of... And I'm sure Little Zan said that. And he was aware of Tupac and had already made a decision that he didn't like the music. We don't know if he's actually like listened There's to the music. Wrong we don't with know. not liking the music. That's fine. It's just about paying respect. Yeah. But, but again, it goes back to it going both ways. Because too bad. Okay. Dead. Dead. <laughs> can I can I continue? I'm going back to the Ice T example. This guy had already decided after listening to a track that Soldier Boy didn't deserve the respect that he would expect Soldier Boy to send him. So. Even if Tupac is dead, if a man has an opinion about someone's music, that's their opinion. If you don't like the way they've said it, you don't like the way they've said it. But at the end of the day, we don't know the circumstances as to why he's come to that decision. You've still got to tread carefully when talking about 
people that's paved the way for you. If I've paved the way for you, watch your, especially if I'm dead, watch your mouth. If you're a white artist coming into a predominantly black genre of music, you have to be careful with how you move and what you say. Uh, an artist like a little Zan, and I don't know who he is, um, but an artist like that, speaking on Tupac's music being boring, that's fine, you're, you're allowed to have your opinion. But that should have been followed with, you know, understanding what he did for someone like a little Zan to exist in today's rap. So they're, so, obligated, not, so they're obligated to do that? They're obligated to pay respect 100%. And I'm never changing my mind on that. What, white? What, Fair. White, no, no, no. Any artist. White, black, green, yeah, I don't care. Any have, artist. You have to pay respect to the people that came, especially if we're talking about forefathers that really paved your way for you. Any rapper that raps that isn't the most lyrical has to pay respect to Tupac. Boring music or not, you have to pay respect. So how do you expect them to pay respect? Do you expect them to come out of the gate, you know, maybe in interviews or whatever, and just out of nowhere pay respect? I mean, or are bro, they are if, they asked? the same way the same way they pay they they disrespect, they should pay respect. I mean he was um, he was asked a question about Tupac and then you know he did that. So if he if he, if he's prompted, then cool. But Yeah, of course. That's that's the only other way. Yeah, of course. I, I agree. But at the same time, though, we, we live, but we live in different times, clearly. We live in different times. And we live in a time now where, you know, people may not have heard of those guys. And we live in a time where those guys are so far removed that people like Drake and people who've came maybe a little bit before him are the people that are the, that hallmark for people as well. So I guess it goes back to maybe not being as aware, even though, you know, you're never going to know how aware someone is. I don't know, man, it's, 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 it's difficult. It's definitely difficult. I think, while I agree that, in theory, they should, probably should pay respect. You sound like I, you're on the fence. I kind of am, man. It's just like, cool, they've contributed to hip-hop in general. Cool. The bigger picture, we're here because of these people. If I'm an artist from Atlanta, or if I'm an artist from London, and, you know, I'm making, let's say, trap music, um, and I'm just doing my thing, you know, building an audience and stuff like that. And that's got nothing to do with what the legends have done or are doing. Then I don't know if I'm feeling, I don't know if I feel obliged to have to pay respect to those guys. That's just me. I don't know if I am. I feel you. I just, I just think it's, it's tough, man, when you go into a field of work and you don't look into the ones that came before you and maybe did it better. The reason I, I just think that's weird, man. I feel like... I know, no, better or different, whatever you want to say. I, I just think it's a bit weird, bro. I feel like you have to, man. Because I feel like in life, everything we do, we know who came before us and we give thanks. Whatever, whether it's religion, whether it's sports, whether it's anything, you know who kind of helped get where it Especially is. Especially if they're prominent. Yeah, that's, no, that's my point. So I'm saying, like, just look at... Say basketball, for example. You know the Michael Jordans, George Irvins, the Magic Johnsons, whoever. Football, you know who was at Arsenal before the players now. Wherever it is, whether it's religion, the prophets, it's people. You know who came before you. So why is it not the same when it comes to hip-hop? Well, that's, a, that's the million-dollar question, isn't people, it? I'm just saying, unless these legends like Ice-T come out and say, yo, suck a dick, that's, an, that's another question. What I'm saying, these man, especially if someone's dead like Tupac and Biggie, I feel like you've got to have more self-awareness self than I know, like, 
I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for these guys and what they done. But there's an right. attachment if, there. If, if um if LeBron James came out and didn't know who Wilt Chamberlain was, that's not even a conversation. You can't like that's wild. And like, that's like, and I don't know how many years before LeBron's time that was. LeBron yeah. probably didn't even grow up on Wilt. He probably grew up no. on Jordan. Like you think LeBron could come out and say nah, look what Kareem retired eighties. You think LeBron could come out and be like, yeah, Kareem was playing. Like, I don't even. I didn't watch Kareem. Bam. Let 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 Sadio Mane come out and tell me he don't know who Kenny Dalglish is. I mean, we don't care about. Kenny. What do you think their man are gonna do to him? It's true. Like you think right now, Bamiya could be like, yeah, on his what? Or if he goes, Ian go Rapp. further back. Go further back. Yeah, Ian Rapp. Or David O'Leary. Like whoever. It's that just about with. understanding who came before you and paying the necessary respect, man. That's and all it is. Because one way or another, them man helped you. If little Zank or little bold people, whoever come out today, and then they went, yeah, cool. YouTube man's not YouTube man's boring. Cool. Talk about people that are rapping now, especially when Tupac's dead. Let the man that let the man rest in peace, bro. I mean, like, we don't know. The, we don't know the context. I mean, we don't know the context. He, he, no, he I'm just talking in general. I'm just saying, like when, especially when someone's passed. No, I feel you. I feel you. I think. I think where your point of contention is the fact that Tupac's not around to defend himself. That's all I'm saying. That's fine. I just think it's, it's a tough one, man. I, I understand where Mo's coming from. I really do. But I also understand where Yemi's coming from too. Everybody's entitled to an opinion. Um, I'm not I do, I do, I do. I think maybe there's a way to express said opinion without coming across a tad bit disrespectful. He is allowed to have an opinion, right or wrong. He is allowed, and it's just an opinion. It's not. It's not set in stone. I would have liked for him to express, "Yeah, fine. You think his music's boring? Fine. Express that." But. I don't know if you can do that in a respectful way, though. It's, it's tough. No, I think... I think you can say his music's not for me. And that's it. See? But he didn't say that. No, he didn't say that. I think... I mean, he's a kid. Like, he said what he felt. I'm not going to crucify him for it, even if I'm a fan of Tupac's music or not. Because clearly, he is not someone... I mean, look at Lil Xan. He's this... Look, I mean, just... When this is done, go Google a picture of Lil Xan. And you will see... Right and you will see that oh, it's really, in the grand scheme of things, not a big deal. Because clearly, Tupac was not talking to a man like him. But at the same time, I'm going to assume that little Zan has taken the time out to listen to Tupac's music to formulate an opinion. He's 23 as well. Is he still alive? Or oh, little Zan? Yeah. Um, yeah. He passed away, right? No. no. I'm pretty sure he's the one who passed. No, he's still alive. From Marcus, he's still alive. Little Peep? Oh, was it? In that case, fuck little Zan. I was trying to be respectful, fam. Nah, he took. I was. I thought he was the one that passed. Well, Lil Zan. Yeah, it was little Pete that passed. My bad. Oh, okay. Wait, you thought a dead person was talking about another dead person? Oh, I thought music. he died after he made the comments. Obviously. Oh. But I thought it was him. That, you know. You know. What I, mean? I think it also goes back to how much credence you you place on certain people's opinions, man. Like someone, and I've just googled him, but someone like a little Zan. I'm not really gonna internalize that opinion. <laughs> I probably won't even react. I won't, I won't cuss. I won't go on my no, rant. I, I, nah. I, I get what you're saying. Cause I didn't, when he said it, I didn't, you know me, I didn't, we didn't even yeah. talk about it. I didn't, cool. We did, I didn't tweet about it. I didn't do nothing. In the past, I don't know. Cause I wasn't, a, I, mean, I, was a, I was a baby, but I don't know if, you know, Wu-Tang were paying tribute to flipping Run DMC. If when prompted. 100% were. They, they were? were? All right, cool. Yeah. But they come from a different school. 
Uh, Ghostface. These I mean, new rappers you know, don't. You guys, you guys know how much I love Ghostface. He's always gone on about Run DMC. But he's from a different. They're from a different generation. I can't remember Pete Rock and Little Yoti getting into it because again, Pete Rock was taking the Ice T side and flipping. Yeah, was talking about you know oh, what happened to hip hop. This what happened. To, oh, all that shit. I'm just like, bruv, if you don't understand it, that's fine, but don't shit on it. No, and I that's agree. where and and that's where and that's where the respect going both ways goes. Because as much as we could say, Little Zan could say, Two Packs music isn't for me. Pete Rock could easily say as well, Little Yoti's music isn't for me. Instead of going on a tirade about about the death of hip hop. No, I agree with you. I think it works both ways with younger rapper. I just yeah, feel but, like when so you're talking about someone who's passed away, just leave that alone. But back to Yemi's point, there's nothing wrong with Pete Rock going on a rant like that, though. There's what's wrong with that. Like, it's what, disrespectful. What bro, what, what he's think? saying isn't even all the way wrong, though. To you. That's fine. And to him, he's expressing that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And but Pete is, but we're talking about in the context of respect going both ways. How do you expect Little Yachty to respect you when you don't respect him? What did Pete Rock say exactly? I need to get up. But it was something like, what, essentially, what happened to hip-hop? That's a valid question. All right, cool. And if Yachty, who's a hip-hop artist today, goes... He's still alive. Fuck you. Is he wrong for that? No. Um, he's defending himself. He's not wrong. That's all I'm saying. I feel like it goes both ways. I just only have a problem when, if you're talking to someone that's passed, it's like, yo, leave that alone, man. Love mm. you. I'm getting it up now. Give me it a is... young, give me a young UK rapper that's popping at the moment. H. Young, yo. Um... If H came out of his mouth and said Kano's music is boring. What do you think would happen to him? He's getting crucified. Alright, cool. I don't think much is happening to him. And to be honest, H did say um, recently, and I wrote a piece about this on Trench, he said that um, no one in my... Yeah. He said no one in my generation cares about grime anymore. And that kind of started a reaction from people like Lethal Bizzle who said there's ways of saying things. He, he can't say that, though. This, this is, is my issue, though. I don't want to hear your opinion. But is, he, but, is he, but is he wrong, though? Who's he speaking for? He's speaking for his generation. Who's his generation? How old is he? People, who, people his age, like 20, 21. People who have grown up, people who are listening to, like, Afro Swing, Afro Beats, you know, pop rap, all that kind of stuff. Were to wear grime, especially now grime being, you know, people think, people think it's dead again. And stuff like that. In that context, he's saying that people, and it's very handy to note that he came up on grime anyway, and then he's now transitioned. So what's he talking about? Then? <laughs> but he's but he's transitioned to pop rap in a sense. So yeah, he's saying that's that's a, that's a bigger conversation, bro. Because he's not the only one, man. There's a lot of these artists that come upon a particular genre and then they disown it like they were never in it. Post Malone, H. I mean, I'm yes, just, it's a, it's a big. It, and it's yeah. Yeah, I suppose, but we could say the same about, I mean, AJ Tracy, the, AJ, AJ Tracy started off grime. He doesn't, he barely does grime now. And he's... Has he ever that, come out, he ever come out and talk out the side of his mouth about grime? He hasn't. But again, it just goes back to how people are wired. I don't no, think I, H is wrong for saying that because I think it's true. Wait, wait, rewind. Sorry. Something just registered very, very slowly. What? Yemi, you agree with H? That hits some people in his generation don't care about grime. Yeah. I'm inclined to agree, yeah. Why? Because grime isn't necessarily the most popping genre right now in the UK anyway. I'd probably say Afro swing drip, no, drill is, I'd, I'd say. So in that context, I, I agree with H when he says 
his generation, obviously it's a generalization, but his generation don't care about grime. Because I haven't really seen his generation really care that much. Even if he did come up on it or come up on it or not. It's a broader conversation, but it, but again it goes but again it goes back to that respect. Obviously, he just said it out of nowhere, but him coming up on Grime, I'd assume that he has a bit of respect of what came before. But he's moved on to bigger things, obviously, and maybe he's had one two conversations with friends and associates, and he's kind of got a feel of what they're liking right now, and it ain't Grime. He probably come to that conclusion. So. Five people in each circle can now dictate what a whole generation of young boys like. I mean, you can dictate what's good music and what's not. For yourself. But his initial statement was people his age don't care about Graham. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know who, what his sample group was, but if he's got enough yeses in that argument, then I but guess he's going to conclude it. I think it just, it just comes back to... Say that again, Mo. If he came up on Graham, so surely he listened to Graham. So how are you going to come now and say people don't care about Graham? Because I think he means in a popping sense. It's not popping like it used to, but it's not popping now. And that's why no one cares. That's what I got from it anyway. I could be wrong. Mm. Say Yemi's piece on Trench for that bit was sick. Mm. I appreciate it. But Um, yeah, it's difficult. I mean, I guess it all boils down to why is hip-hop like this? And I don't think there is a definitive answer. because you will have certain generations and schools of rappers that may pay homage or respect, and you'll have others that don't. Why that is, who knows? I guess priorities are changed, are different between the generations. And that makes it a whole lot murkier. But it's, 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 it's a broad question that I think may not have an answer. I, mean, I think you'd have to ask these, these rappers. You probably have to go out, take a survey, ask these rappers why they don't pay homage or respect the the OGs. All right, guys, let's move on to the final topic, the fun topic after all that. Not arguing, but intense debate. So um, Mo had a very good... Was it Mo? It was Mo, right? Yeah, right. It was definitely Mo. Mo Mo, Mo executive produced this whole episode. Mo executive. We got got to give it to him. Mo EP'd this tape, 100%. (laughs) I might need me. Shout out to him now. (laughs) See? See, you didn't have to do that. Didn't have to do that. I'll punch you in your face. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. Oh, that was necessary, man. No, it wasn't necessary. I'll punch you in the face too, Pete. Yes, sister, in his studio or something. We are not doing this again. We've been doing this for the past six episodes. Shut your bitch asses up. Are you surprised? I'm not taking part in this. You're just repeating your jokes from episode 21. Shut up. Anyway, I don't want to have to ruin my compliments for you with something like threatening your life. So Mo had a great idea for a topic and he wanted us to picture a scene where we're maybe on road, just walking, chilling. And then someone who has never listened to hip hop before runs up to us and asks us, basically says that you know i want to get into hip-hop what are the three albums that i should listen to what are the key what are the three essential albums i need to listen to in order to do that can we can we rejig that a little bit because I, I had a different thought i had a thought that like say aliens just landed somewhere 
somewhere south London, isn't it? Say Burgess Park. Burgess Park. Burgess what Park, time? yeah? What time? <laughs> nah, we're going to keep it south, innit? Burgess Park. Hold up, Burgess Park. And then like, the, alien, the, alien, the alien spoke English. And it just happens to be on my run. What does the alien look like? Like an alien, innit? What does the alien look like? I mean, the aliens can probably take human form, I was just saying. No, they look like aliens. Um, so but I bumped into one on my run, and I was like astounded at what the hell I, what I've just seen. And then, like, their first words are like, I want to listen to hip hop. Because I listen to it. <laughs> they didn't say hello. Look at, look at the picture. They didn't even, they didn't even say hello. Look at the picture of Pete Payton, man. They even say hello. And this and what's was the three hours you gave to Peter? I gave him, um, I wrote him down one sec. I gave, from the US, I gave him Life After Death by Biggie. Um, Supreme Clientele by Ghostface and Like Water for Chocolate by Common. Um, I felt like they're all three very different albums. Um, and what alien won't want to listen to Ghostface? Oh my goodness. Yeah, fam. Asher Bronson? <laughs> Not serious, fam. So I thought the Ghostface, yeah, man. That was a good one. Let, let the alien listen to some Mighty Healthy, some Nutmeg, some One. Do you get what I'm saying? Here a couple of skits here and there, some storytelling. Some stream of consciousness raps that may make no sense to some people, especially just aliens. Great, just some great rap, man. Do you get what I'm saying? So I feel, yeah. I feel you. That'd be, that'd be a nice little trio right there. I feel you. Um, I can go next. Um, I think I uh, I was rejigging mine a lot, and if in that in Peter's world, I was pulled up on by a, an alien, I'd probably tell them to first listen to. Uh, Logic under pressure. Um, Wait, what? And then, what? and then, and then, um, Silk the Shockers debut album, and um, <laughs> and then I'll probably say uh, Deliverance by Bubba Sparks. I think you get a very wide range of hip hop there, from all corners of the world. You know, what I'm talking about. I think it paints the perfect picture, and I think that's some of the most forward thinking hip hop. No, I'm joking. So what I actually had, Bubba Sparks. Huh? The minute you had the pressure logic, me and Pete said, what? <laughs> <laughs> man, that caught me off guard, man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I saw the, look at, listen, I was looking at the corner of my eye for your reactions. I saw Mo like, what? That's logic, logic would even pick logic. You feel me? Definitely would. He definitely would. Anyway, all right, cool. So my actual three, I would say Midnight Marauders by Tribe Called Quest. Graduation by Kanye West and Equimini by Outcast. Um, for the same reasons as Peter, really, I think that's a very nice blend. I think you get a lot of um, examples of how musical hip hop is as a genre, um, from the sampling to the actual music, original musical instrumentation to the bars, every, all kinds of bars. There's like conscious bars in there, there's, there's like flashy bars in there, there's like all kinds of bars in there as well. So I think it's like a very nice balance. Um, and their albums from different eras in hip hop as well, in a sense, and different regions. So I think that's a nice three, really. That's an all-rounded thing. It's a good three. That's a solid three. Um, so I've went for Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers for the first album. Just get a mix of a lot of adult rappers, great production by RZA. Shout out to the Nation. Just learn about everything because never know these aliens might leave religion from so. Shout out to Pete and the Bean Pies, innit? They learned it from there. Yep. Um, you're not feeling it, Pete? Nah. No worries, though. Um, <laughs> second album went for Dark Twisted Fantasy. I feel like... Kanye West? Yeah. yeah. 
I feel like that might be a perfect album. Actually, no, I would say it's a perfect album. It's if Benzino was still doing the five max, I would have said it's a five max. But he gave himself a five max. So I don't want to hear Benzino's opinion on Epic anymore. I think that's the first so, time anyone has said Benzino's name in 2020. Yeah. And then for the last one, I'm, tor- I'm torn between two. I'll be honest with you. One or two. I'm torn between All Eyes on Me and the Black Album. Mm. The Black Album normally surprises people. The reason why I go for the Black Album is because, to me personally, that's JT's best album. You can say Blueprint, you can say Reasonable Doubt. I'm always going to say Black Album is his favourite. And All Eyes on Me, I think, is a lesson of just everything of a black man growing up mm. in America at a certain point in time. And it's a lesson, and it gives you both sides, the road shit and the real shit. So if push comes to shove, I would say the Black Album, but All Eyes On Me would be a one-up would follow up with as well. Mm. Oh, yeah, I definitely would have chose Black Album out of the two. Yeah, that's because you're not a massive two. You're not a two-buff fan like that. Precisely. But you also let Nas EP your tapes, so where do we go from here? I would never let Nas EP my tapes. <laughs> Uh, just cool. so we're clear. Then, what's the ones that we was going to say no matter what? My my first choice, I wanted to do it um, in terms of errors. So I was going to pick what I thought was the best rap album from the 90s, which was Illmatic. And then I was going to do arguably the best album of the 2000s, <coughs> which you could argue this, um, Supreme Clientele. Um, Mad Villainy was up there too. Um and then um, the 2010s, I was going to do... <laughs> you're dumb. Pain is love. Um, 2010s, I was going to do My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. That was my initial three. Um, but then in hearing your three, I thought, no, let me switch it up. I feel like yeah. all three of us had it on Mac. Yeah, so I think kind of- yeah, we, all had, we all had it on Mac as like an essential, an essential one. Um, just because we, we all had it, I guess it made sense for us to all just say... That that is a very much an essential on top of the ones we've chosen. Yeah, definitely on Mac. That's uh I'm not gonna call it the rap bible, but uh it's very important. Alright, cool. So let's move on to our UK ones. Um <laughs> so I guess I'll go first. Um UK. UK was a lot easier to be fair. Um for UK, if an alien was to come to me in South London, Burgess Park, Holtack, and told me to list three UK albums rap album to listen to. I'd tell him Boy in the Corner, Dizzy Rascal, Home Sweet Home, Kano, and Original Pirate Material by The Streets. Um, mm. Just because those three are just seminal um, rap UK rap albums. Arguably, if we we're going to have a top five, those three are probably in there of, like, of all time, UK. Yeah. So, yeah, in order to really understand the UK, got to listen to those three. That's, that's, I think that's a good one. That's um, my three, just because I want to be a little bit different, I'm going to say They Don't Know by So Solid. I'm going to say This Is My Demo by Sway. Ooh. And I'm going to say The Chopper Chops Mixtape by Abashi. Oh, and honourable tape. mention to um, Home Sweet Home and Boy in the Corner. I initially had those on my list, but I thought let me jazz it up because if the aliens are getting those albums from you, they might want another selection of albums in it. So I thought, you know what, let me give them those three. Yeah, I bet they really want Chopper Chops. So now, that mixtape's hard, bruv. No, I, I have no doubt. You ever heard it? You should listen, man. 
I mean, I, I haven't really listened to Bashi like that, to be honest. Bashi's dope. No, I don't, I, I, I don't doubt that at all. It's just... Mm. 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 Okay, cool. Yeah. So now the aliens have six albums. <laughs> and it's my turn. And there's something missing from your albums. But I'll let you lot figure it out. It's going to be a so rich album, isn't it? Mo, what do I listen to? I've got these six albums. I'm going to ask them, what's the six albums? They tell me Bashi's one. They tell me Home Sweet Home. They tell... And then I figure out, hold on a minute. You men are stupid. So what do I tell them? I told them, the first album you're going to listen to is Konichiwa. However, the guy's black. He's from Tottenham. His name's Skepta. Then they go, that's a great album. What's the next one? I tell them, Teacher's Training Day. The guy's name's Rich Free 2. He's from Tottenham. They go, rah, Tottenham's oh rapping at this. I go, we're not even finished yet. They go, what do you mean we're not finished yet? How many more rappers can you have? I go, one more. You've got Chip, a league of their own. And they go, rah, Tottenham is really running the scenes like this. I go, yeah, good day. And then they go back to Mars. That was beautiful. <laughs> can I say, fam? Those are the three albums I'll give them. That was beautiful. I don't, I, I don't know anyone who's been so beautifully wrong in my life, but... <laughs> you at least see the logic or no? No, I mean, look, listen, it was, it was great. It flowed. You know what I'm saying? It was like a Nas 16 bar. It just flowed. Hey, um, man. But, yeah, wrong and strong, big man. Wrong and strong. I'll be honest with you, I had another three. But it's only because I heard you not say, oh, your ends. I said, rah, no one from Tottenham. Like, we need to rearrange this. Yeah, I feel you. Oh, sorry. I'd give him um, Walk in the Park as well. Gigs. Good shout. It's a good shout. No one wants to say Gangs has a prayer? Nope. No, no. no one wants to say... I can't think of anyone else, to be honest with you. Is yeah, no one wants to say Transition Chipmunk? Huh? <laughs> no. So no one wants to say Transition Chipmunk? Nope. No, sh- no yeah, sir. There are very good people in the album. I don't even so, like man, it. The Alien only has so much time and ears. You know what I'm saying? Um, the alien will see the transition album cover and be like, "Raw, I got the same shape head as Chip." For and real, bro. That's that's the mixtape. Yeah. That's the album yeah. back, man. Probably that's a board. That's ten out of ten. I give you that. I, that's ten out of ten. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I think my he's fucking my free. Yeah, Whether you guys like it or not, Rich barred on Teachers Training Day. Skipped a bodied Kanichi one. Yo, we've been hearing about oh. Teachers Training Day since episode one, man. Bore off, mate. I'll be honest oh, with you. That's one of the first oh, weeks oh. I listened to. That's why. I mean, yeah, clearly. Well. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. And yeah, we'll be back in two weeks' time to shoot the shit as always. Hope you'll join us. Boys, anything else? Be safe. Be patient. Evil Barrett to whoever's celebrating it. And we're good to go, fam. Evil Barrett to everybody celebrating it. Obviously, yes, be safe. You know, social distance and all that. Stay home. Please, I know if it's probably not going to be much of an option for everybody, but if you can, where you can, please stay home. But even if you don't, it's your life, innit? And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and on that note we're going to sign off it's a great so, way to end it there for you uh, yeah we'll see you next time peace